Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. the best offensive coordinator in the SEC entering the 2024 college football season. Hello again. My name is Chris Phillips of SEC Unfiltered. And today I'm giving you all my offensive coordinator power rankings entering this fall. So without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and get it going. 
At number 16, and something, guys, I think you're going to notice at the bottom of this list, some schools, believe it or not, don't have an offensive coordinator yet, or maybe they won't. Some schools, they have an offensive coordinator, but we all know, right, the head coach is going to be the ones handling the offense and calling the plays, and the OC is more so there so that he can delegate some of those day-to-day responsibilities that an offensive coordinator inevitably has to deal with. So at number 16, guys, I've got Mississippi State. And the reason I've got Mississippi State is they don't have an offensive coordinator, right? The Jeff Levy era begins in Starkville. Of course, he was the OC at Oklahoma, now the head coach in Starkville. He has not hired an offensive coordinator. And I checked, and I checked, and I double-checked to make sure that I wasn't missing something, but nope, no official OC. They got a quarterback's coach, running back's coach, tight ends coach, every coach you can think of, but no offensive coordinator because I believe Jeff Levy is going to handle everything when it comes to the offense. So before you get all upset, before you get in your feelings, Bulldog Nation, you're down here by default because you don't have an actual offensive coordinator. So. Mississippi State was an easy choice at 16 because they don't even have an OC, at least by title. At number 15, I've got Derek Nix of the Auburn Tigers, who was recently named the offensive coordinator on the Plains. But again, guys, this is another situation in which you and I all know who's calling the plays, right? You and I all know who's calling the shots. It's Hugh Freeze. So if I'm purely ranking offensive coordinators, fairly or unfairly, Derek Nix belongs down here at the bottom because, guys, how much is he really doing anyways? Sure, he's alleviating some of the day-to-day pressures off of Hugh Freeze, maybe game-day responsibilities, but it's Hugh Freeze's offense. It's going to be him calling the shots. It's kind of like, guys, when Nick Saban was at Alabama. And it didn't matter who the defensive coordinator was, right? It was Nick Saban's defense. It was his terminology. It was his way of thinking. It was his way of doing things. The D.C. just served as someone below him that could handle all of the day-to-day stuff, the day-to-day operations, if you will. So, Derek Nick's down here at 15 simply because we all know who's calling the shots on the offensive side. It ain't Derek Nick's. For the Auburn Tigers, it's Hugh Freeze. At number 14, I've got Rob Sale of the Florida Gators. Guys, when you look at Sale, you look at the offensive production down in Gainesville, it's less than inspiring. And this is another example of whose offense is it? Is it Rob Sale's offense? Is it Billy Napier's offense? I mean, Rob Sale is in that position. But guys, I talk to Gator fans and you talk to Gator folks, they'll tell you, when's Billy Napier going to hire a real offensive coordinator? They don't really have one, guys. I don't even know if Rob Sale could count, but he's the name that I was able to pull. Again, it's Billy Napier's offense in Florida, guys. Let's call it for what it is in the Billy Napier tenure. They haven't been nearly as good offensively as you thought they would be. They could run the football and Graham Mertz was a nice surprise, but all in all, too many self-inflicted wounds, too many errors. And again, it's 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 Billy Napier's offense. Where does Rob Sale go from here after Gainesville? Who knows? Who knows, right? 
Billy Napier is the one in control there. And again, Gator fans are clamoring for he to hire an OC, and I don't think he's even going to do that. So Rob Sale at number 14 of the Florida Gators at number 13, guys. Again, this is another case where the only reason he's ranked so low is because the head coach is the one handling the offensive side more often than not. At number 13, Charlie Weiss Jr. of the Ole Miss Rebels. There's no mistake who's calling the plays on the offensive side. There's no mistake whose offense it is. It's Lane Kiffin's, right? And so you look at Charlie Weiss Jr.'s resume. You know, it's not bad. Obviously, the son of the great Charlie Weiss, right? Who had some pretty damn good success in his own right. But when you look at these OCs, guys, again, I would say 13 through 16 are all simply just guys that they are offensive coordinators in title and title alone. They're not running the offense. They're not calling all the plays. They're not the ones necessarily behind the wheel. They just serve as a guy to help and fill a title. And that's what Charlie Weiss Jr. as well is. Now, once we get to number 12 and beyond, these are actual offensive coordinators that I feel, right? They've got control on the offensive side. At number 12, Vanderbilt's Tim Beck, who's actually brand new in Nashville. But that guys did a really good job. Go check his resume. Did a really, really good job at New Mexico State. Now he's got Diego Pavia, the quarterback, coming with him. That's sort of beside the point, but the offense got a chance to do some things in Nashville. But Tim Beck, guys, you go look at his resume. Again, he's been coaching college football a long, long time. This guy knows offense. New Mexico State was really, really good on the offensive side of the football when he was there. You know, it's it's a tall task, obviously, guys, at Vanderbilt. That's why I've got him at 12. I, I don't know that we're really going to be able to, you know, we're going to look and say, man, Tim Beck is an offensive genius just because what you have to work with realistically at Vanderbilt. But his resume, it speaks for itself. The guy's been doing it in college coaching, a, I mean, literally since the late 90s, right? Tim Beck has been doing it longer than some of you have been alive that are tuned in this show. So I thought it was a good hire. I thought it was a really good hire by the Vanderbilt Commodores. Excited to see what Tim Beck can do. But for now, got him down here at the bottom of this list until we see him prove it at the SEC level. At number 11, I've got Dabble Loggins of South Carolina. The best thing Dabble Loggins did this past season was revitalize the career of Spencer Rattler. That was by far the best thing he did, right? Also produced a thousand yard wide receiver. And Xavier Leggett, nobody saw that coming. And even Mario Anderson, the Division II transfer at running back, popped off for South Carolina's second half of the season or so and turned out to be a really, really pleasant surprise for that offense. But outside of that, guys, you look at the numbers, and, I mean, guys, anytime South Carolina played a defense with a pulse, anytime they played a defense that was – dare I say, worth a darn, it did not go well, right? The offensive line issues, uh, there were inconsistencies in the running game. South Carolina ranked dead last in the conference when it comes to running the football. Again, Spencer Rattler did everything he could for that offense. And I think you can look at it one of two ways, guys. You can look at it and say, man, the offensive line was so bad. 
what a great job by Dowell Loggins to get what he got out of Spencer Rattler and, you know, get the productivity that he got out of the offensive side. You can also look at it, though, and say, well, he's the offensive coordinator. He's the one that trotted that offensive line out there. You know, it took a couple weeks to even realize Mario Anderson was the right guy at running back. There were just questions all season long, it seemed, about personnel usage, right? And so my greatest takeaway from year one of the Dabble Loggins to Aaron Columbia is that you just still don't know, right? Dabble Loggins is a guy that was his first ever year being an offensive coordinator at the collegiate level, guys. That's one of the reasons he's so low on this list is we just don't really know. All we know about Dabble Loggins is he was a failure at the NFL level. He was once labeled as the worst play caller in the NFL. That's just a fact, right? Those things happen. It does not mean over the long haul that Dabble Loggins is not going to be a really, really good offensive coordinator at South Carolina and at the collegiate level in general. He'll be judged very harshly off of what he can do with the freshman phenom, Lenora Sellers, and how quickly he can get the offensive side of the football cranked up and rolling, and especially the run game as well. But you look at year one, it was just a mixed bag. You know, it was a mixed bag. I mean, Spencer, hey, how much of it was Dabble Loggins in the play call? How much of it was Spencer Rattler? Did Spencer Rattler carry Dabble Loggins or did Dabble Loggins carry Spencer Rattler? Only time will tell. But I think because of those question marks, because of the inconsistencies, you know, there were flashes of brilliance here and there, but it just seemed like every time South Carolina played a defense that was even solid, they struggled and they struggled mightily, largely due to the fact the offensive line was not good and they could not run the football with any sort of of consistency. So again, Dabble Loggins at number 11. At number 10, I've got Oklahoma's Seth Luttrell. Now, new in this role, right? Jeff Levy leaves for Starkville, now the head coach at Mississippi State. Brent Venables appoints Seth Luttrell as his offensive coordinator. Now, you look at the resume. You look at the track record. He's done some good things. He goes all the way back to North Carolina, coaching that offense with Larry Fedora, was the head coach at North Texas for a little bit. Uh, was it Arizona, I believe, for a stint? So, you know, his reputation speaks for itself, ha has worked at Oklahoma and, and helped those guys out. So I, I think Seth Luttrell, because of his experience at the college level, what he's done guiding some really highly prolific offenses, that's why I put him a slot ahead of Dabble Loggins. But I think there's still a lot of question marks, right, especially as Oklahoma enters the SEC. Again, he's brand new in this role, brand new in this position. It'll be interesting to see what he can do, by the way. Isn't it interesting how all these OCs, you're, you're kind of judged, what can you do with the star quarterback? And Jackson Arnold is that guy that Seth Luttrell will be working with, and can he get the most out of him? I think that's going to determine a lot of how we look at Seth Luttrell as an offensive coordinator of the collegiate game. At number nine, I've got Kentucky's Liam Cohen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, again, this past year, I think Kentucky, it's safe to say they fell short of expectations, right? Devin Leary did not live up to the hype that everyone had for him, uh, which led to it was a trickle-down effect, right? The wide receivers, Berrion Brown, Dane Key, I mean, they didn't really, I think, flashed or popped until the final two games the season against Louisville and that bowl game against Clemson. Uh, Ray Davis in the running game was pretty good. Ray Davis was fantastic. The running game outside of him was was so-so. What's really interesting is that Kentucky, over the last couple of years, they have had issues where you would not expect them to have issues. And that's the offensive line. That's the offensive front. And, and I think that is what's really, really stunning, guys, is why is a Mark Stoops-led team, I don't care who the OC is, why is a Mark Stoops-led team struggling to block people? Like, it that goes against everything in regards to the identity of Kentucky football or what we've grown to know Kentucky football as. So this is a big year upcoming for Liam Cohen. He did lead that really potent offense for Kentucky uh, in his last stint in Lexington, right, with Will Levis at quarterback, and they were really good a couple years ago. Then he went to the NFL, then came back, and Stoops wanted him so bad, right, made the change, went back out, said, Liam, we got to have you back in Lexington. We got to have you calling the shots yet again. So I think Liam Cohen, to a degree, has proven himself at the SEC level. It is a small sample size. And this year, right, going to go a long way in determining how we look at him. But Liam Cohen, right in the middle of the pack, you know what I mean? He, he's had some success, but I think a, still a lot of question marks are out there for Cohen. At number eight, I've got Texas A&M's Colin Klein. This was a sneaky, one of the better hires of the offseason, guys. As Mike Elko begins his tenure in College Station, Colin Klein, a guy coming over from Kansas State, young guy, right? I mean, I remember watching Colin Klein play. That was the early 2010s. But he took a Kansas State offense that I think ranked outside of the top 75 or something like that and made them one of the better offenses. I mean, a top 25 offense in college football. You know, what he did with Will Howard at quarterback there, it all speaks for itself. I, I think Texas A&M, I think this was a great hire for them at OC. Again, the biggest reason he's number eight, there's question marks in regards to life in the SEC. Is he able to carry that over? And he's still a young guy, right? What happens when now you're going up against SEC defenses on a week-in, week-out basis? But I thought Colin Klein, really, really good hire for Mike Elko's staff. Uh, really good hire. Really like this hire. I think Klein should be able to do some big things. You've got Connor Wegman at quarterback. You're still going to have some weapons there. Texas A&M, that's the beauty of it, guys. They've got talent. Even with all the departures, they've crushed in the portal. 
Texas A&M still has some talent to work with. I'm excited to see what Colin Klein can do in College Station. At number seven, and guys, this selection at seven, I think it really goes to show how good the top of the league is when it comes to offensive coordinators. Because at number seven, I've got Missouri's Kirby Moore. Okay? Missouri's Kirby Moore. And you may be saying to yourself, Chris, why should he be ranked higher? But, I mean, look at the Missouri offense this past year. And I know their defense had to bail them out some. I totally get that. I totally get that. But, dude, the season that Brady Cook just had, the season that Cody Schrader had, Luther Burden III is now regarded as maybe the most electric playmaker in the SEC. You've got Theo Weiss Jr. on the outside who's coming back. Guys, I mean, the job that Kirby Moore did so quickly in Como, right, is what's so wildly impressive. We're not talking about, okay, made some strides here and there. Uh, Brady Cook played like an all-conference performer at times. Cody Schrader was an All-American. Luther Bird III was an All-SEC guy. So I, I think if you're a Missouri fan, guys, you should be ecstatic at what you have at OC. I think you should be elated to think about the future of the offensive side of the football. Right, I know Eli Drinkwitz obviously has a major, major hand in the offensive side of things, but you know, it, it, I don't think it's coincidence that Kirby Moore gets there and it all starts clicking. Right, it all starts going in a positive way for Missouri. So I think Kirby Moore is one of those young offensive coordinators in the SEC who's on the up and up. And I think three to four years from now, he continues this trajectory will be a household name in the Southeastern Conference when it comes to offensive play calling and offensive coordinators. Uh, at number six, I've got LSU's Joe Sloan. Now, I can already hear the pushback on this one. Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton, who I don't know if he's going to be there much longer because he's getting pursued. He's getting poached for NFL jobs. But Joe Sloan hired as the offensive coordinator following in the footsteps of Mike Denbrock, who did such a fantastic job with LSU's offense. Of course, Denbrock, guys, is now at Notre Dame. But you look at what Joe Sloan did, guys. The reason I put Joe Sloan so high here, for everything I don't know about him as, okay, it's fourth and two late in the fourth quarter. You need to go for it to win the game. Can you make the right play call? Once you go off script, what are the adjustments like? What are in-game adjustments? Do you have the instincts that it takes to be an elite play caller at this level? For everything I don't know about Joe Sloan, here's what I do know. He was the quarterback's coach for Jaden Daniels. Yes, that one, who just won the Heisman. He took a guy in Jaden Daniels who, I mean, coming into LSU guys was, I, I remember when they got him, it was like, okay, cool. That was a good pickup. I don't think anybody thought much more of it than that, though. Right? And he took him and made him a Heisman Trophy quarterback. That's what I know about Joe Sloan. So. The guy can coach quarterbacks, and if you can coach quarterbacks, there's a good chance you can coach offense. I know LSU fans are hoping they hang on to Cortez Hankton because, of course, he was the wide receivers coach and the passing game coordinator, big part of their success. But I think Joe Sloan, guys, again, it's about what don't I know about him and what do I know about him. I don't know if he's going to be the best play caller in the SEC, but what I do know is he took a guy that was an okay player and turned him into a Heisman Trophy winner. I'll bank on that guy every single day of the week. At number five, I've got Joey Halsey 
of the Tennessee Volunteers, guys. I mean, this one, this one speaks for itself. You know, you, you look at, uh, you, and I know it's Josh Heupel's offense. I totally get that. But you look at what Tennessee, guys, has done on the offensive side of the football. I, I mean, I, I think the staple, the brand of Tennessee football now is they're going to have really good offense, right? They're going to have really, really, really good offense. And this is another OC, right, where obviously, hey, Nico needs to pan out. Nico's got to pan out. But I think Tennessee's in great hands, man. I mean, obviously, it's a team effort with Josh Heupel and Halsey, but Halsey's done a really good job, I think, um, you know, in his time in Knoxville. And, again, you you look at what they're doing on the offensive side of the football, guys. It's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's a ton of fun to watch. They're one of the best in the country at running the football. It seems like year after year after year, they got playmaking wide receivers on the outside. And, guys, I look at it this way. People will say, well, I mean, look what they did with Joe Milton. I look at it like, yeah, look what they did with Joe Milton, a guy that lost more quarterback jobs than I can name. You know, I think they got the most out of him, to be totally honest with you. Their only fault maybe was sticking with him a little too much, a little too long, not getting Nico in there more. But I I respect it. I respect wanting to give Nico an opportunity to learn and sit behind a guy and sit for a year or whatever. But Joey Halsey, guys, again, you look at the production of the Tennessee offense, make no mistake, one of the best offensive minds in the SEC. At number four, this is where some folks might get to become a little bit irritated, okay? Because at number four, I've got Alabama's Ryan Grubb. I I know. I know he's one of the best offensive coordinators in college football. I totally get that. But the SEC, guys, they got a couple guys that are some of the best offensive coordinators in college football. Ryan Grubb is fantastic. What Ryan Grubb did with Kalen DeBoer at Washington with those offenses, coaching Michael Penix Jr., a guy who could have won the Heisman Trophy, guiding them to a national title game, that is all impressive. Does it translate to the SEC? That's my question. Does it translate to the SEC? That's the mystery. That's what we don't know right now. Ryan Grubb, I mean, again, guys, we're splitting hairs. One through four, we're splitting hairs here, okay? We're splitting hairs. But I look at these other guys. I look at their track records. I look at Ryan Grubb. I just want to see it in the SEC, okay? He may turn out to be the best offensive play caller in this league, but I just got to see it in the SEC. Point blank, period, end of story. But all the respect for Ryan Grubb. I think a fantastic hire for Alabama, and I do think he's going to have success. At number three, I've got Kyle Flood of the Texas Longhorns. Again, guys, you look at that Texas offense. Of course, it's Steve Sarkeesian who's got his hands all over it. But Kyle Flood's done a great job for them. Really, truly, Kyle Flood has done an incredible job for Texas. You look at Quinn Ewers. uh, You look at their offensive production. I mean, they're, they're electric every single year. Quinn Ewers has become a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback. I think Texas will keep that going. The most impressive thing is Texas has really transformed in the trenches what they look like, right? When it comes to to moving bodies and being physical enough to compete in the best conference in all of college football. So Kyle Flood, um, one of the best in the business when it comes to offensive play calling and certainly having Steve Sarkeesian there to mentor and help. And Sark is the one dialing it up. But Kyle Flood, a big, big part of their offensive success. At number two, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got Mike Bobo of the Georgia Bulldogs. Yes, Mike Bobo at two. Mike Bobo, guys, again, one of the best in the business. I think super underappreciated. There's SEC fan bases out there that can't stand this guy right at Auburn and at South Carolina. And I think what Mike Bobo, though, is living proof of is it's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's, right? Because, guys, Mike Bobo's had a lot of success as an OC. At Georgia, not so much success at Auburn and South Carolina. So, listen, some guys are meant to drive a hoopty, and some guys are meant to drive a Ferrari. And I think Mike Bobo's a guy that's just meant to drive a Ferrari because every time he gets behind the wheel of one, it goes zero to 60 in less than a second. I mean, it's, it's, you look at that Georgia offense, guys, this past year. Georgia, I believe this was their highest points per game total. Since 2014, and who was the OC back in 2014? It was Mike Bobo. This is one of those guys that the numbers just speak for themselves. Like, really, truly, the numbers speak for themselves. Mike Bobo is one of the best in the business. Uh, the guy just knows how to call ball plays, guys. He knows how to call ball plays. And the numbers reflect that. And at number one, guys, the best offensive coordinator. I'm going to ruffle some feathers with this one. The best offensive coordinator entering the 2024 college football season, Bobby Petrino of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, some will look at the Texas A&M experience and judge him for it. Guys, A&M was a mess. A&M was a flat-out mess from the top down, and Connor Wegman got hurt. But, guys... You look at what Bobby Petrino did during his time at Arkansas. You look at Bobby Petrino's experience throughout his time as a coach at the collegiate level. And again, the numbers speak for themselves. There is a reason that Arkansas fans, their entire mentality shifted, right? It was all fire Sam Pittman. He's got to go this, that. The day Bobby Petrino was hired, you completely saw a switch up in the attitude. Like, we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back. Here we go. Bobby's back in town. You can say whatever you want about Bobby Petrino off the field. You can make jokes or, or whatever it is, right? You can pick and poke. And Bobby Petrino's brought a lot of that onto himself. But one thing you can't deny is Bobby Petrino knows how to dial it up. He knows how to dial it up. And I am so excited that he is back in the SEC, and I cannot wait to see what he and the head hog can do in Fayetteville this season.
is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.